0: Hello uh, welcome to the latest edition of Banana Republic, the podcast for all things political in Birmingham and the wider West Midlands. I'm Graham Brown and I'm sat here with Neil Elks, who's the brains behind this podcast. Neil, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right um, and we've got a, a good interview coming up.
0: Uh, go on, so tell us about it, who have you got coming up?
1: We've got uh, Gino Bellavia who uh, political observers may not be familiar with, but he's, uh, he's a member of the uh, new People Power Brum Project and he's going to tell us what that's all about.
0: That sounds that sounds great. Uh, so these are the people who are, who are uh, putting up candidates against against you know kind of Tory, dom- uh, Tory and Labour-dominated areas. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they want to try and put up as many candidates as possible. We don't know how many that is yet, um, but they want to try and uh, shake up the political system, get more people who aren't a member of an established party involved um and they believe in digital democracy using social media and so on to promote
0: ideas between communities so so they've got some new ideas out there so uh, can i thank you for joining us on the on the second edition of uh, of this podcast and just before we start uh, just so people can get a, cl- uh, a clear indication of it tell us about it where where, where do you want to go with this podcast what what are people who subscribe going to get every week well we're going to look at the
1: political scene in birmingham it's going to be light-hearted conversational um, the first episode was it was a bit of a pilot run we've got a, we had a couple of young councillors there people you won't have heard of talking about life on the back benches and uh, life as a young person in, in what's seen as an old man's world um, and you know we're going to take a look at the, the stories behind the headlines and for the first month um, it's going to be focused on the council elections which are a pretty big issue in Birmingham at the moment then after that we want to broaden it out look at ideas that could change the way the city works um you know house building the commonwealth games uh, the pollution problem all those big issues that are currently are uh, taxing our leaders at the moment
0: and i think it's a good time for it isn't it you know but, but people vote on policies but they also vote on personalities this gives you an opportunity to kind of uh, open the these politicians out to uh, to scrutiny people can listen and find out what kind of person they are as well i guess
1: yeah yeah i mean i was clear as well that that Uh, at least to begin with we don't want to hear from the same voices and it's no offense to Andy Street or Ian Ward or Jack Dromey or Andrew Mitchell any any of the big wigs out there we want to hear from some of the other people working in politics in Birmingham perhaps get a flavor of who they are and and people you might hear from in the future and you're going to give them a good going over um I think we're going to keep it light-hearted and conversational (laughs) to begin with I'm a believer in positive thinking and uh and, and letting people uh You know, have their say. Um, But then, you know, if there's any inconsistencies, anything that we think that they might need a challenge over, we might um, we might step up.
0: And if someone's listening to this podcast and they uh, they want to influence it, they want they want to they want you to ask a certain question or 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 anything like that, how can they get hold of you?
1: Um, I'm on Twitter at Neil Elks, which is N E I L E L K E S.
0: The best way is it. What about email?
1: Email Neil N E I L dot Elks E L K E S at TrinityMirror.com
0: Brilliant, well I'd encourage you to do that if, you, if you've got a burning question that you want to ask of politicians we're going to be getting them coming into this podcast week after week so, so this is a good place to do it and, and we, can, uh, we can air it for everyone to hear uh, but let's get into it now so let's, let's hear this week's interview
1: here with Gino Bellavia, who's um, an interesting figure come in the up and coming elections because uh, he's one of the first candidates for the new People Power Brum movement calling it a movement because it's not exactly a political party. The idea is that they have independent candidates who are independently minded. They're not um, following any rosette or, uh, or national party or national leader. They're here to do work in their own um, areas, their own constituencies and, um, and, and forward their own agendas. Now, I'm um, just going to ask Gino to introduce himself and tell us a bit about the movement. Um, I understand he's standing in the new North Edgbaston Ward, um, and we'll get onto you know some of the ideas he might have for the ward later. But first, um, welcome Gino.
2: Okay, thank you very much Neil. Um, yeah, my name is Gino Um I decided to put myself forward um, as an independent candidate, but under the People's Bower Brom movement. Um, Some time ago, I've always been um, independently minded and was actually going to be standing as an independent candidate um, regardless. But when I um, came across People's Power Brom um, TEDx Talk by Sunny Sanger, that actually um, corresponded almost exactly with my own thoughts from a few years ago which is where um, the idea of really using technology um, which is now available in order to distribute power down the levels um, to where it should be, which is to all the people, uh, not just, just to some faraway, rep, um, supposed representative. So that's what's got me involved in, in that movement. Um,
1: can you tell us a bit about the, because some of it seems to be inspired by disillusionment with the party system.
2: Um, can, you, can you just talk a bit about that? So I think the if you like, the ethos around um, the People's Bob Movement is it's not just political parties. It's about the, um, the disenfranchisement and, and disempowerment of people in almost all political processes and um, and across the world. It's not just a local issue. It's a, a sort of global issue. Um, political parties of, are a natural cause of our current way that we do democracy especially in this country Um, and they've been really pursuing and acting in a particular way based on the way that we do democracy if you like they're a symptom of how we do um, democracy and um, being so far away from um, the actual people in practice what that means is that you know people are asked to vote say every four years or every five years in a general election uh, sometimes sooner with the, the last couple of general elections um, and that is really the only time that people are asked for their views or a contribution to the to that thought process and usually that discussion or views really only um, resolves into a binary choice you know are you red or are you blue or are you green um, and, and that's it. And frankly that's not democracy, it's it's hardly any engagement with people. So the People's Baal Brom movement, the idea of that is is to really bring much more decision making and engagement down at the level of each individual voter. So that the um, representatives of the people um, simply become the vessels for that. They that they they are not powerful in themselves they are actually really just empowering those individual people so it is dis- it's it's about trying to change the way we do democracy and actually bring it back to some of the ideals of Athenian democracy which is where it all originated so um, if you like we can say that the party political system um, a lot of people now would deem to be corrupt in or decadent, in my terms, decadent, in the, say, in the way that it hasn't really evolved to suit the needs of people and society of today.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've watched the, the shenanigans in Birmingham City Council for, for a, a, more than a decade now, um, and we see issues where, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's divided. There's there's the Tories, Labour, the Lib Dems, they, they all... Um, Trot a party line there, there. But the essence of the, the problem is, is that to run an organisation like a city council, you need some form of group, someone to take the lead, someone to say actually we're going to do it this way. Um, and you know they have their showpiece um, meetings where they try and score points and you know make faces at each other. But behind the scenes, they they actually have to work to get bins emptied, to get uh, buses moving, uh, roads potholes filled and all that stuff. So um, how do you propose to address issues like that, you know, on the on the streets, the things that will be the issues in this election?
2: Well, absolutely. So I think there's a, a distinction to be made between, you know, the way we do democracy at a national level in, in national government, central government and at the local level. Um, although I have been a member of a political party in the past, I've always thought that at the local level, party politics is should be irrelevant. Um, because as as you've said Neil the main you know main issues that people um, pay their council tax for or want to have resolved are like we all do you know for our waste to be collected for the streets to be clean safe um, and what have you so those issues are the real issues that people care about the the important thing you've just mentioned though is that I don't think it's up to um, people in the council to simply decide what is best Mm. the idea is um, you know the world has moved towards more of a a crowdsourcing um, uh, ethos or philosophy and I do think actually that in many ways the rights the simply the right solution is the one that most people agree on and most people is would be termed a majority and that's the way that democracy works now in practice, there are practical constraints. So I think the important thing is that, and as people brum power candidates, this is what we sign a pledge to try and activate, is that, for instance, with a topic like, okay, should we have fortnightly collections or should we have weekly collections? Mm-hmm. Um, there are many people who would have massive range of views. I don't think it's the role of a political party to simply decide that it's their choice to be one or their choice to be the other, it's, it should be a rational choice based on the constraints and parameters but also what all the constituents want in that in that decision so People's bow Brum would um, with a decision with a say a choice a binary choice between that which might actually be in reality something up and coming which mm. is you know, should the council do fortnightly or weekly collections People's bow Brum candidates would actually put that question and that debate to the people mm. um, to understand exactly where they stand. So this is not a question of oh did you vote Labour or did you vote Tory because I think that's people would have voted for that for many different reasons. But for an issue like that, you need to know okay do 75 do 80% of the uh, constituency of you know, Birmingham City want are happy with fortnightly collections based on the parameters of the constraints or the budgets that they that they are aware of. And I think. Then the the problem or the issues that arise within the sort of council chambers and those games are less likely to happen because at, at the end of the day the, legit, the legitimacy of making those decisions has been passed to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think if you know if a leader of a council tries to make a decision based on arguing amongst those councillors, actually many of those decisions have no real legitimacy. They're not really um, well. They've they the legitimacy
1: of the wider is. vote. Although I agree that. Actually, people in this election, for example, will vote based on their view of Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn rather than on their view of what's going on in Birmingham. Indeed. I mean, the ultimate um, sign of that was in 2003-04, where the Labour vote collapsed because of Iraq and the war, um, and it allowed a conservative Lib Dem coalition to take over. it wasn't a Birmingham issue, but it was an issue that mattered greatly to the people of Birmingham to the extent that they gave the the local leaders a kick in. Um, so you would say, actually, hand those decisions over on a wider scale. Is that right? So the so, the, yeah. the people's
2: about Bar- the philosophy of the people's Barbara movement is to um, it's called liquid de- democracy, and it's mm-hmm. something that uses technology to facilitate those decision-making processes and those um, consultations to be done Mm -hmm. to provide legitimacy to to the debate so in actual fact we are now planning as as a movement on the 26th of march to hold a debate on the bins issue or the waste issue as an example to show how um the actual process would be different because it's not about well for us it's not about what is the solution to the bins it's actually about um, did people have the right say because that's it's about democracy mm. so if as I say you put forward those arguments and and parameters and constraints you know if if 80% of the people regardless of whether they were vote red blue green or or, mm. or polka dot agree with that then the council chamber can go forward with making a decision based mm. on a sound basis of, mm. of the of, of what people actually um, want, I think at the moment, because if we go into a system where we're only voting in councils every four years mm. um, and with the likes of what you've just said in terms of people voting not necessarily on local issues, mm. uh, it means that it really is a mockery of democracy this is actually not this is mm. a, simply a game
1: I know and, and I'm guessing that nothing would stop a local party a political party from doing. It the same thing anyway. Um, a recent example, or, or a few years ago now, I think in Walsall, they asked people, do you want your bin emptied, a large bin emptied every two weeks, or a small bin emptied every week? Um, and they sent out a ballot, it wasn't binding or anything, it was a, just a cons- consultation, but they actually sent out a ballot and everyone could tick the boxes. Mm. And I think they went for the small bin every week.
2: Um, well, I think that, I mean, that that's the start of a process in terms mm. of changing um, mm. The ethos and the philosophy, yeah. but what um, People's Barrowbrum um, aims to do at the next stage, and I think it's probably a reality that you know we will mm. not, sub- I think, get a majority at this election mm. in order to to do this. But over the next four years, um, regardless of um, we're all the, all the candidates are active citizens, so mm. we are already engaged as pseudo councillors in our wards, mm. and that's why we've we've gone through and stood up. What, what, what do you mean exactly by that? So you you you. Go to residents' associations. Yeah, I mean, I, do, I I I look after yeah. a, a number of issues locally. I work yeah. with the local police. Yeah. Um, um, one of the other candidates uh, is also do, does similar things. So we're we already what we call rep- community activists yeah, in the press, representing yeah. people's concerns. Yeah. So, um, being a voice for some people who, who, yeah. who are afraid to put their voice forward. So we already do a bit of that. And I think through that the point is that the the people's power Brahm movement um, I ideal is to Take that stage of consultation to the next level using technology, which is it's not consultation. It's actually voting and these, uh-huh. um, secure voting, but done in a way that allows you, therefore, to come back and go, OK, out of my ward, absolutely 75 percent of the electorate are saying this. Uh-huh. And therefore, if you are making a vote at the council chamber, you are doing so based on real Uh, information about what your constituents are looking for the other interesting thing about the movement which may not happen immediately but is something that um, is quite I think is very interesting is the ability to allow people to delegate their vote Mm. to um, their own person who they think they will they they trust Mm. and so that actually allows a lot of them distributed power and empowerment to community activated Community, acti- community activists or church leaders or group mm-hmm. leaders of some sort um, you know it could be a school teacher you could mm-hmm. um, allocate your votes based on education to somebody you trust who's your local mm-hmm. school teacher um, and because it, al- if the technology allows you to do that um, that actually then doesn't just distribute power to right at the bottom if you like to the individual voters mm-hmm. but create local heroes local people who have um, groups of votes and have power and I think that that is what liquid democracy is about it's about spreading that right 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 to the grassroots level Mm. and every level in between Um, and it's about legitimacy so it's um, you know the movement is not about taking a policy um, stand on any particular issue so it's different to political parties in the sense that there is no manifesto. So
1: so they won't get a leaflet saying um, we're going to scrap this open that no your libraries will be open six days a week your, your buses will be running five it's times an
2: hour exa- exactly that. this it is this be... is quite this is quite radically different to yeah. what people people's expectations this is not about yeah. having a manifesto a then or a promise if you like mm. and then basing your vote on a promise which may actually not even come to mm. fruition um, which makes them again a mockery of democracy um, we are essentially as i say signing a simple pledge and the pledge Mm. is about bringing the uh, decision making process down to the level of of constituents and therefore we are purely vessels Mm. for a process and that's it we have no although we might have our own values our social values and positions on our own individual positions Mm. those are actually not important what's important is that we are wedded to that process of giving power to those individual people yeah. and that's the uniqueness of it that's why it's quite radically different it's um, isn't
1: it like it sounds a bit like a lawyer in that you know you you could be defending a you know a a murderer or a frauder you know someone and and you know you you have to give them the strongest defense you have to put the argument for them but you're not necessarily it doesn't mean you you follow their views but obviously not as extreme as that you know we're talking about emptying bins and opening mm. libraries but it's that sort of thing even if you disagree you would put forward that argument because your liquid democracy feedback told uh, you that that's, a, that, yeah. that that's the point Yeah, I mean, that I think that's that, what people want
2: I think the difference is you know MPs and often councillors think that when people vote them in they, they, they can also vote with their conscience as well as mm. vote with their uh, or sometimes vote only by the way they're whipped by their political party uh, yeah. which is something I'm I'm personally, I wouldn't be very comfortable with um, this. The, the uniqueness of um, liquid democracy and the people's power movement is purely that, that there is no manifesto, there is no policy position that each councillor candidate would take, other than that they are they sign a pledge to ensure that um, this ethos, this philosophy of um, allowing the people to be empowered, it is the primary thing. So. Where, for instance, there is a debate that's going to happen within the council chamber on whether it be bins mm. or education. Um, we would then activate within our local wards um, what we would call people assemblies, which is where you would have the debating process about around that um, and use our local networks to make sure that we... I mean, we had a meeting last night with like 40 or uh, 50 people where um, some issues can be debated. That's the sort of thing that we would do in, in, in physical terms mm. uh, in order to then say... So at least to be able to come to the council chamber and, uh, and then simply put a vote forward based on what you feel your constituents have, have, have said to you. Yeah. But rather than being selective mm. by simply saying, well, I think the majority of my citizens, my constituents mm. have said this, which you can never test or prove, mm. um, the people's power um and the technology will actually mean that it will be proven. It's, it's a secure way a data to, set. and the data is there. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that provides mm. the legitimacy. And what's really important is not actually what what the decision is, what the decision is taken. You know, um. what's really important is the change in the mindset, which allows them people to think they have some control. Mm. This isn't really, this is about taking back control, mm. genuine taking back control. Um, uh, and I think that is what's important to people. I, I speak to so, I mean, so, so many people in my local area who just feel they have no power, yeah. they have no say. You, you've also got the other
1: um, argument that you know, you, you, we we want leadership, we need people. Um, for example, no one, if you ask local people, if, if you know, we we need a prison, for example, or something like that. We need a sewage works. No one wants it on their doorstep, um, but somewhere it's got to go somewhere, you know, the power station has to go somewhere, usually, hopefully, you know, 30 miles from the nearest large town, but, you know, those places aren't always available, um, and again, you can't get get local people to, to, to vote for those things, you know, and, and there's there's been some big cases with incinerators and which, in, some people say, are greener than, you know, landfill, but you know there's there's carbon emissions and other arguments around that but people the, the council or the you know the, the government have taken the decision that this has to happen HS2 is a project which mm. again they've decided for the good of the country and the national economy and you know the rebalancing you know uh, the economy towards the north we need to do this it might upset local people but they're you know and that's why they haven't been asked they've been led rather than
2: yeah, and, and I, I think I, yeah, mm. I understand the practicalities of that. Mm. I mean, I've worked in the civil service at a yes. high enough level to understand that. There, mm. But the, the important thing is that people are aware and not led or misled about mm. where they have control over. Yeah. What we're talking about are what the local government has control over. And the mm. reality is, of course, like you've just really implied, is that there are many things, many spheres that actually local government has no power no, or control really. over. Um, so I think as a stage one, what we're looking Ooh. at is trying to at least affect some empowerment of people in the process um, yeah. for some of the issues that they do have some control mm-hmm. over. And I think the other thing is that it's important to do, I think, separate correctly what is the role of councillors, which is policy, um, as opposed to operations. And I think there is a, a real tendency, um, well certainly for the, the city council, to basically mix up operations mm-hmm. and policy. And mm. I think that's the probably led to so many issues um, in the past, probably the yeah. strike being one of them. Yeah. Um, so it's important that it's about what is the right um, policy, but also it's not just about taking a referendum, because what you're implying is, OK, we're just going to yeah. take a referendum on people. The importance is if people w- um, are going to be given the power to truly vote on to, on mm. a decision, they have to be informed, educated, and also there has to be a debate and discussion around that and I think it's important to ensure therefore that people are fairly provided with information and the parameters um, to frame those arguments and discussions um, so that it isn't just a case of they can just take a, a sort of um, a, a polarised view or a sort of NIMBY mm. type view but they actually are taking a view which is okay I understand there's, there's those constraints and I think the the problem is that very little of that is you know, we actually treat people mm. we don't actually treat people as intelligent yeah, yeah. people which I think is unfair um, I think it's really really unfair and I think the more that you engage those people the more there will actually be they'll actually be probably more considered than you could probably imagine yeah and the proof in the pudding of that is actually crowdsourcing as a model itself mm. if you want to get what is the best decision on almost any type of issue mm. if you actually ask Twelve people as opposed to one person you'll get a better answer Hmm. and that's proved mathematically
1: yeah yeah yeah. you know you could take a random
2: choice of 12 people and you'll Mm. still get a better answer than one person yeah so and I think it's like the jury system (laughs) well indeed indeed and it's and it's important therefore coming back to this thing about oh you need a strong Mm. leader to do that but a strong leader is one that actually truly understands that yeah yeah that's the point yeah and feeds all of that information in and therefore is and therefore whose decision Mm -hmm. is respected at the end of the day the strongest leader is the one whose decision is respected because they have cogently taken the people's views and all the constraints and what central government want and and then they can say well okay that's that's you know we might we might not as individuals like that decision but we can respect that that was a reasonable route to take. And I think that that's very important, whereas I think individuals at the moment, um, most of the people I speak to just think that things are done to them. Yeah. Yeah. OK, you've made your your pitch
1: now. Sorry. (laughs) You've got to get uh, just just to round off, really. You've got to get elected. You and your colleagues, however many of you stand for election, have got Mm. to try and get elected. You've got um, I I think I was looking at figures uh, around eight thousand electors per ward or per councillor, 16,000 in a two-seat ward. Mm. Um, You've got to get around them and you've got to get enough votes. You're up against parties with, you know, with machinery, with volunteers, with resources, with, uh, you know, publishing. They can can print leaflets and posters. Um, They can wear rosettes and banners. Uh, They can, you know, preach in the press. They can preach in the council chamber. How do you you, you've set yourself a tall order here, aren't Mm. you? Because you know it's the biggest council in Britain. Some of the biggest wards, I think, the you know nine out of the top ten largest wards in the country. Um, So, what what's the sort of campaign?
2: um, Well, the campaign. You know, what is the campaign? So I can't speak for every ward. Um, Mm. I have actually been an active campaigner in the Labour Party, so I'm fully appraised Mm. with uh, (laughs) that campaign process. Um, as I said, I'm already a, a community activist, mm. um, and I use the, those grassroots networks to spread the message. Um, within my ward, North Edge Baston, which is a two-seat ward, um, there are it's a new ward, mm. so there are no incumbents. Um, and I think that's a slightly different um, game, if you like, that um, that will play out. Um, so I think it is all up for winning. There are two councillor positions hmm. for that award, Um And I think this will be, you know, can we achieve second place? Hmm. It's because actually second place still wins a seat. Hmm. It's not about winning or being first, which is hmm. almost pointless. It's just about making sure that we can yeah. have some representation and have a seat. And therefore, in terms of the number of votes and and, and that, it's actually not as it's not as um, an everest to climb as, as mm. you might initially think. Um, and as I say, I, in terms of, you know, publishing, a, printing, or, publish, or publishing a leaflet, um, these days, I think we've estimated, it cost about 50 pounds to deliver a leaflet to every single door. Yeah. And it's, that's not actually the issue. Mm. Um, and knocking on doors. Of course,
1: you've got social media and you're, and, s- you're yes. skilled at that yeah. stuff as well. So
2: we will we, we use um, mm. all of those uh, routes. You know, say I was at a community meeting last night. Um, the grapevine and those networks will spread that mm. message. They already have them. I had people coming out to nominate me who I didn't know. Mm. Well, I think that's quite a good sign. Yeah. Um, and that, that gives me hope that there is um, something to be played for. And I think also there is the simply the uh, sort of refreshing thing, which is we are something new on the ballot paper. And uh, those people who, you know, we we currently estimate that, if you like, 30% of the um, registered electorate come out to voting in in local elections. Um, Well, and those might traditionally vote for the traditional sort of parties. Um, But that means there's 70% who actually aren't voting. Mm. Um, And so there's a lot of target to actually be aimed at to actually uh, engage people to come out and vote and that will be some of our uh, effort will be put in in, in, in that area um, and I think the other thing as well is within some of those local uh, areas there are two council awards people have two votes this time mm. so actually if they wanted to they could vote for one Labour and one independent mm. or one Labour and Lib Dem or, or whatever mix mm. and again I think that means that people need to think about that carefully yeah. because I think the, the first message is that some people may actually simply forget to vote twice, they may actually just put one X on the ballot paper yeah. because that's what they did last time hmm. so as long as the message goes out that they can vote for two in those two council wards, which North Baston is one of those, then I think that actually gives us um, a, you know, a good chance of actually getting a candidate in place mm-hmm. the other thing is that regardless of whether uh, people's power brum um win any seats Hmm. it will continue yeah and the process will continue and as local citizens we will effectively run a parallel um council movement in parallel Hmm. that's what we've actually pledged to do and so that within the next four years you know it's a long game in the next four years we would hope to um Improve and, and move, move forward in the way that for instance Froome Council did which is the classic model for yeah. the independents um, and which now has all independents now obviously Birmingham is a big council <laughs> Yeah. but but why not you're starting big yeah. why not I mean I, I'm, I'm absolutely not afraid to to tackle that
1: not afraid at all okay and I think that's a fine note to leave it on thank you very much Gina thank you very much Neil thank you <laughs>
0: That was brilliant. So, thank you to Gino for for taking part this week. And just to reiterate, that this is a this is a podcast for for our listeners rather than shouting at them. So, we really want you to get involved with this. Really, if you if you've got a guest that you think wants to come on, if you are a politician who thinks there might be an interesting guest that's not just going to give any old answer, then then uh, then get in touch with us. But just in general, we want this to be for you. Feedback to us. Tell us what you think. And uh, and please keep on listening and subscribing. Tell your friends. Uh, we will see you next week on this podcast. Have a brilliant week.